0: What's going on, Football MD fam? Thank you all for tuning in to episode 48 of the Football MD Podcast. My name is Michael Bowling, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Daniel Ronan. And today we're gonna continue our under the microscope series, taking an in-depth look at the wide receiver position from 2018. If you've missed the previous episodes of this series, we already covered quarterbacks and running backs, so make sure you go back and check those out. And I know that there has been a ton of free agency news that's broke over the last few days or so. We're gonna save all of that. For next week. So we will be talking about wide receivers today. We're going to talk about Antonio Brown. We're going to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. But we're solely going to be focusing on their performance from 2018. We're going to save everything else for next week's episode so we can package together all of the free agent news and the impacts that that's going to have around the NFL for you guys in one nice little episode. We don't want to rush through it and we also don't want to keep you guys here for two hours. So we hope you guys enjoy this in-depth look at the wide receiver position from 2018 and we're going to kick it off with the wide receiver one from this past season and that was Tyreek Hill. As expected, the big plays continued in 2018, but what really changed and what impressed me was his development as a route runner. Of course, you combine smooth routes with his speed and the type of season that Patrick Mahomes had, and that's your recipe for an explosive fantasy season. He played great on the road, averaged 7.5 more fantasy points against top 16 defenses, really just top corners couldn't shut him down, and he was used all around the formation. Just a very versatile season from Tyreek Hill. But I will say, Tyreek Hill was also the wide receiver 15 in terms of consistency. He had a few games where he completely busted for your team. Now, I know he was dealing with some injuries near the end of the season, and when you're on a team that has an abundance of weapons like the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to have some games where you're just not needed as much. However, he more than made up for his down weeks with four games of 30 or more fantasy points. That's more than any other wide receiver in the NFL. So you just have to know what you're getting with Tyreek Hill. If you do draft him in 2019, you have to make sure you pair him with a solid baseline wide receiver too. And there's a few that are going to pop up on this list that will refer back to Tyreek Hill and say, that would be a good pairing for
1: you guys and coming in at wide receiver two last season was DeAndre Hopkins he had some ridiculous stats this past season this was his second straight year with zero bust games for fantasy football that's outside the top 50 at the wide receiver position and he never did that and it was also his second straight year leading the NFL in target share in 2017 Hopkins saw 35 percent of his team targets now my co-host Mike said there was no possible way that would repeat in the offseason season prior to the 2017 season well he ended up with 32 percent we're going to give you a half win on that one it was it it was still incredible nonetheless over 30 percent that's absolutely amazing and we also have to mention his 115 receptions with no drops DeAndre Hopkins may be the best wide receiver in football right now there were some plays where defenders were straight up mugging him and he still came down with the ball 12 out of his 16 games this season were in double digit points and he actually had more 20 point games than even even Tariq Hill. Hill just had those 30 point plus performances that gave him the edge but from a consistency standpoint not just looking at the end of season numbers which is the, the whole point of these episodes I think DeAndre Hopkins was the better player to have for fantasy in 2018 and I'll say the same thing about this next player here on our list.
0: For sure, we all know we love our consistent fantasy options, and coming in at number three was one of the most consistent. That's Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. He had zero games under 12 fantasy points on the season, finishing as the wide receiver one in consistency. Now, we all knew that the touchdown upside was there going into this season, but what really changed this year was his 169 targets and 111 receptions. Adams had never had more than 75 receptions in his previous four seasons, and a lot of that can be attributed to really Devontae Adams being the only pass catching option that Aaron Rodgers could rely on and this might sound crazy but I do think that there's room for him to go up he has a clear connection with Aaron Rodgers who threw just 25 touchdowns this season who Rodgers is normally closer to the 40 touchdown range so I'm definitely expecting that to normalize and now you bring in Matt LaFleur as the new head coach who I think is one of the better and more creative offensive minds in the NFL so if LaFleur plans out and him and Aaron Rodgers can get that cohesion going we could definitely see some life brought back to this Packers offense that was pretty lackluster from a coaching standpoint in 2018.
1: Up next is Antonio Brown and and of course there's a lot of hype around him right now being traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Oakland Raiders and and of course we know you guys are just dying for us to dive into that topic, but we're going to stay away and we're just going to focus solely on 2018 and it was just more of the same honestly for Antonio Brown, 6 years in a row hitting at least 1248 yards and he has had Double-digit touchdowns in four of his last five. His target volume, dependency in the red zone, and touchdown totals aren't something that you expect from a wide receiver of his body type, but he continues to be double teams on a consistent basis and be one of the top wide receivers in the league of course that means we're probably expecting more in silver and black but we'll save that for next week
0: it's an exciting time don't worry guys we're gonna to get to all of it but right now we have to get through about 19 more wide receivers here so we're gonna to get to number five and that is Julio Jones and this is our first player on this list where we kind of saw things turn around halfway through the season Julio Jones all but confirmed his inability to find the end zone with zero touchdowns between weeks one and seven and then He threw that right in our face with eight touchdowns over his next nine games. It just looked like something clicked for Julio Jones, but based off the numbers, this was just bound to happen. Over those first seven games, Jones had 81 targets, 53 receptions, and 812 yards. It was just a matter of time before he started finding the end zone. But even if you take his eight touchdowns on the season away, he still had 113 receptions, 1,677 yards. Julio Jones is an absolute stud. He ended with seven games over 22 fantasy points, and this was his fifth straight year with over 1,400 receiving yards. I know, Dan, that you have your own case for Julio Jones, as the best wide receiver in football, and it'd really be tough for me to disagree with you there, but we'll save that one for another episode because we still have like 20 or so players to get through here, and we don't. like I said at the beginning of the episode, we don't want to keep these guys here for two hours, but I think we can all agree julio
1: jones generational talent awesome to watch way to cut me off and not let me talk about my boy I, I know better i know better. all right but uh, and then you make me talk about this guy next come on go. man michael thomas the ain't no but he was absolutely one of the best wide receivers in football. 125 receptions on 147 targets for 1405 yards with nine touchdowns thomas led all wide receivers Thomas led all wide receivers with an 85% catch rate and was actually the wide receiver two in fantasy up through week 11. However, things started to trail off down the stretch. Four of his last six games completely crushed you 5.8 in week 12, 6.5 in week 13. in week 15, 5.4 in week 17. And just to throw this one in there, he also had just 6.7 points in week 4. He had 6 games with double digit receptions and 7 games with 5 or less receptions. So while finishing as the wide receiver 6 is great, some defenses were able to scheme him out and those games were nearly impossible to predict. But most of those came near the end of the season. What changed? We spoke about it on the quarterback episode with Drew Brees. There was a clear shift towards the running game near the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how much of that really was due. I know Drew Brees is getting up there in age. I don't know if that came from him kind of wearing down as the season went on. It seemed like the offensive line wasn't blocking and protecting Brees as well later on in the season. I don't know if you have an answer for that. It just seemed like uh, that offense had a clear shift near the end of the year to have a more
1: longevity-based look to make the playoffs. Well, yeah. Let's just remember, we're looking at fantasy stats here. That means the entirety of the season includes the playoffs for fantasy. And down the stretch in an NFL season, when you have a 40-year-old quarterback, you're going to start pounding the rock. You need, that guy fresh, you need that guy fresh when the playoffs come around. So I understand why they would go run heavy. It also probably has to do with their opponents. It probably gave them the better opportunity to win. Sean Payne's a quality head coach who's going to identify the correct scheme to win games as they were doing at the end of the season you know so realistically it makes sense with Drew Brees at quarterback and obviously with their playoff hopes
0: for sure and now coming in at number seven we have Adam Thielen and it was an incredible First half of the season for Thielen, where he was far and away, the wide receiver one with 100 or more yards in each of his first eight games, playing at a 16-game pace of 1,850 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's just completely ridiculous. He had double-digit targets in almost every one of those eight games. But after the switch at offensive coordinator halfway through the season, Adam Thielen was actually the wide receiver 28, with just 39 receptions for 448 yards from week nine on. That's a 16-game pace of 80 receptions for 9 hundred yards just not impressive for fantasy. Now I do think that Thielen will be fine for next year, but we do know that Mike Zimmer wants to run the ball and play strong defense. They didn't do that over the first half of the year, and the team didn't play well, and we saw a clear shift to that once Dalvin Cook was back in the lineup and the team kind of started to turn things around. I know it was a bit of a down year for the Vikings, but I do think that's the game plan they're gonna go with going forward. Regardless, Thielen, he is a very talented pass catcher to say the least.
1: But we'll move right on to the wide receiver eight, Mike Evans. It was kind of an under-the-radar year for Mike Evans, but 86 receptions for 1,524 yards and eight touchdowns is pretty impressive, especially considering the back-and-forth at quarterback. He obviously didn't have consistency at that position this year. He's now had 1,000 receiving yards in every year of his career, but I think he's the ideal target for a quarterback like Jameis Winston, who isn't afraid to take risks and has struggled with accuracy. He needs a guy like Evans with a wide catch radius that can manhandle DBs. And Mike Evans is just that. He really is a talented player. He dominates tight coverage. He attacks the ball at the highest point. He uses great technique and his big body to finish those plays, something that Jameis Winston really needs because it he's not extremely accurate when throwing into tight windows. Yeah, and
0: now you bring Bruce Arians in there, who's gonna probably let a guy like Jameis Winston really just air it out. I think that's good things to come for Mike Evans, which another thing we'll be talking about next week, Deshaun Jackson leaving town, heading back to Philly. That's going to be another interesting topic to cover. Along with this next player, who's probably going to be one of the more discussed wide receivers of the offseason, coming in at number nine is Juju Smith-Schuster. It was a great year for Juju. He made some monster plays, leading the NFL with 672 yards after the catch. And even though the majority of touchdowns went to Antonio Brown, I do think AB's presence on the field was actually a positive for Smith-Schuster's fantasy production. And amazing season aside, it is worth mentioning that he faced double coverage on just 0.8% of his routes run this year, That's compared to his former teammate, Antonio Brown, who faced double coverage on 9% of his routes run. So I don't know if losing Brown is necessarily a good thing, but I don't want to take away from Juju. I think he's a great player and it's clear Big Ben trusts him. He was targeted 26 times in the red zone, 10 times within the 10 yard line. So I think those scoring opportunities will continue to be there, but I do expect him to face some tougher competition in 2019. And it is worth noting that he averaged nine less points per game against top 16 defenses as well. However, Like I said, impressive year nonetheless. And as a talented, big, and strong wide receiver who's still just 22 years old, I think there's plenty of room to improve. And I think a lot of people are just Juju fans. We all want to see him be the number one guy and excel in that role. So best
1: of luck to him going forward. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if he can really transition to a perimeter wide receiver who is going to be forced to have to beat double coverages or at least safety help. But rounding out the top 10 is my boy, Robert have Woods, have your moment. Have <laughs> your moment. Robert Woods passed the eyeball test back during the days in Buffalo as an all-around reliable option. Well, now he's on a great offense, and even I, as high on him as I was, wasn't expecting a top ten finish. But I definitely said that he would be the top. He would be the top wideout for the Rams, and he was definitely that coming in at number ten. I know you don't think he can repeat once Cooper Cup comes back from injury and Brandon Cooks, if they have a, if they both have healthy long seasons, but. I got to disagree. He's definitely, in my opinion, a talented wide receiver and their best wide receiver all around wide receiver on the team. And he brings value because he does this in the exact opposite way of Tariq Hill. He doesn't have those explosion. He doesn't explode for 30 points a game. He really does just give you a safe baseline. And that's why a lot of the names later on this list, the more sexier names will go before him. But keep in mind that Consistency is key, and that is why he is a top 10 wide receiver. I believe he can repeat because of that. He constantly does the dirty work in and out, and I mean, they trust him on third down conversion rates, they trust him to get the yardage needed in a tight situation. He is the go to guy, in my opinion. Yes, Brandon Cooks is a great gadget, deep threat, and Cooper Cup is even a reliable, over the middle type of wide receiver, but Robert Woods can really can really do it all. And you might even be able to grab him as your wide receiver three. And I'm telling you, you might even get that top 15 production that he's offered you this season.
0: Yeah, and even though I generally don't see Robert Woods repeating as a top 10 option at the wide receiver position in 2019, I do think he's a great player. And he's one of the guys I had in mind that I wanted to refer back to Tyreek Hill when we got to him. Because I think pairing Robert Woods, a reliable, like you said, pass catching option, giving you that safe baseline every single week is a great option to combine with a more explosive guy like Tyreek Hill. So I'm excited to see what Robert Woods does in 2019. He's definitely someone that I think will fall into the later rounds and I'll personally be targeting him on a lot of my fantasy teams. Now coming in at number 11, we have another Vikings wide receiver and that is Stefan Diggs and it was finally the Stefan Diggs breakout year. 102 receptions on 149 targets for over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Four of his touchdowns came from inside the five yard line so you definitely like seeing that he's trusted near the goal line but there's really not much to say about Diggs from 2018. He had just three week winning type performances but also just three dud games like we mentioned before that's outside of the top 50 at the position and just like Thielen, Diggs got off to a hot start along with the Minnesota passing attack, but fell off a bit as the season went on. The difference, Thielen was the wide receiver 28 over the second half of the season, whereas Diggs was the wide receiver 13 during that second half span. So he remained pretty serviceable, and at just 25 years old, I still don't think we've seen the best of Stephon Diggs yet. But for sure, an interesting discussion point throughout the offseason is going to continue to be Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs in 2019. Personally, I know a lot of people like Adam Thielen. He finished higher this year. I love the talent of Stephon Diggs. I love watching him on the field. I think he he looks like Antonio Brown light, in my opinion, the way he runs his routes, the way he creates separation. So I'm a Stephon Diggs guy. That's where I'll be leaning in 2019.
1: Then moving on to the number 12 wide receiver on the season, it was Keenan Allen. He didn't have a ton of week winning type of weeks and definitely got off to a slow start, which is Absolutely killer for fantasy football. Allen had just one touchdown during the first eight games, and that's what really held him back to be wide receiver 30 during that span. However, similar to 2017, he went on a second half tear where he averaged 19 points per game as the wide receiver two from weeks 9 through 14 before getting injured in week 15. I like Keenan Allen as a player, but I do think a lot of things went right for him this year. You had a career year from Phillip Rivers, no Hunter Henry. Minimal usage of Mike Williams and really no other options in the passing game except for what was coming out of the backfield, which also hurts his production because they do rely on Melvin Gordon so much in both the run and passing game. I got to say, I don't really see him going up. I kind of see him being him really going in the opposite direction I don't think he falls outside of the top 24 but I don't think he's a top 12 finisher next season
0: and now coming in at number 13 we have another LA Rams wide receiver and that is Brandon Cooks and it's basically the same thing every year with Brandon Cooks I know he's been on great offenses in all of his years in the NFL with the Saints the Patriots and now the Rams but he's been essentially the same player every year he's not the most consistent he was 19th in consistency in 2018 and averaged six fewer fantasy points when playing on the road but as long as he's healthy he's essentially locked. In for over 1,000 receiving yards. He's just that explosive pass catching threat. And when you put a player like that on an explosive offense, he's just going to have those big year performances. So I really don't think there's much to look under the microscope at for Brandon Cooks. You put a player of his skill set on an offense like the Rams and you get a top 15 fantasy wide receiver for sure.
1: Yeah, but no doubt he's going to have those up and down weeks and and that's why he'll never be as high as Robert Woods. Just saying. Moving on to wide receiver 14 from 2018 and that's T.Y. Hilton, your boy. He was really impressive. In my opinion, playing the majority of the season through an injured hamstring and still put up 76 receptions for 1,270 yards and six touchdowns on 120 targets. Missing a few games definitely set Hilton back, but he was the wide receiver 45 over the first six weeks and the wide receiver 37 after the first eight. So, for essentially half the season, he was unusable due to injuries, but I think that's going to make him a value due to the perception that he left in the minds of fantasy owners last season. He's a talented wide receiver with a talented quarterback. He was actually the wide receiver 10 over the second half of the season, still playing injured, but he toughed it out and really came through on the field. He's just not a touchdown guy. We've seen it over his entire career, but paired up with a healthy Andrew Luck makes him a solid option. As long as T.Y. is healthy himself, of course, that's remained to be seen. But no doubt in 2019, if he could stay healthy, he has a dynamic quarterback and... I do think they pair him with another dynamic wide receiver. and
0: They already did with Devin Funchess, baby.
1: Hmm. I do like the <laughs> signing. We'll get into it next week, but...
0: I keep bringing up the free agency. I, I would not
1: to. actually consider him dynamic. He's more of a role player, in my opinion, but...
0: No, I definitely agree. And this next player on our list is someone I also would not consider dynamic. Coming in at number 15, we have Seahawks wide receiver Tyler Lockett. And I'm going to say this right up front. I think this one was a complete anomaly. Lockett had just 57 receptions for 965 yards and 10 touchdowns on just 71 targets. Those target and reception totals are just not top option type numbers. I do think Lockett's a good player and he's great for the Seahawks. But we said it back in the quarterbacks episode how Russell Wilson was just insanely efficient in 20. 2018 with over an 8% touchdown rate. Doug Baldwin missed a lot of the year and really didn't look like himself when he was on the field due to injuries and we know that the Seahawks want to run the ball as well. So it's nothing against Lockett as a player but I cannot trust that type of volume for fantasy. He just scored uh, about once per game all season long and that's
1: not something I would expect to repeat. And moving right on to Odell Beckham Jr. coming in at wide receiver 16 last season. He dealt with injuries and missed four games but still managed to surpass A thousand yards and six receiving touchdowns. He also racked up two passing touchdowns. And the fact is, OBJ was great when he was on the field. Four of his 14 games played were 22 plus point performances, which put you in the top five at the position on average. He actually ranked sixth in consistency with zero bust games.
0: And now the wide receiver 17 from 2018 is Tyler Boyd from the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was a breakout year for Boyd and one that most people didn't expect. I know a lot of fantasy owners were looking towards John Ross to take over that wide receiver two role opposite of AJ Green, but that just wasn't the case. And overall, I was really impressed with what I saw from Boyd. He did bust, which again, we're counting as outside the top 50 at the position in four of his games played. But outside of the top 15 wide receivers, we really start to see a drop off in that week to weak consistency. But what you don't see, however, are many guys putting up weak winning type performances, which Boyd did in three of his games played. So it's nice to see that he has that kind of upside. What is worth noting is that Boyd averaged three points per game better when AJ Green was on the field and another four points per game better with Andy Dalton at quarterback, which that second part really isn't much of a surprise that Jeff Driscoll really wasn't cutting in at quarterback, but I do think that better days are ahead for Boyd as long as the Bengals offense can stay healthy.
1: Moving on to the wide receiver 18, Amari Cooper, and we kind of know the story with him. The wide receiver 37 inconsistency. Cooper was essentially unusable in more than half of his games played in 2018, and the wide receiver 54 from weeks one through six. Obviously, that was his time in Oakland, and And although it was an ideal situation, he's still a talented player and it should be enough so that this really shouldn't happen too much. You know, we call it down weeks, but really essentially for him, they were disappearing acts. He was unusable. And then when he got to the Cowboys, he was the wide receiver nine in fantasy, but he had 26 receptions for 472 yards and five touchdowns from weeks 10 to 12. That really inflated his stats because even with the Cowboys, he had games of five, six, four, and three fantasy points. And that's just not going to cut it. I do like Cooper as a talent and I like his situation way more now that he's in Dallas, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see whether he can adjust in a full season with the team. He's been really inconsistent and the, and even the inconsistency at the end of last season was a little understandable. He just arrived. So, you know, you got to get acclimated, but now he's going to have an off season with the team. He's going to be able to prepare. It's going to be interesting to see if he can cut down on those inconsistencies.
0: Yeah, Cooper is definitely a guy that if he does have that blow up year that everyone's been hoping for and he's consistent for the entire 16 games, I'm going to miss out on that boat. I'm not putting my flag on Amari Cooper. I He's given me headaches too many times in the past. I'm off on Cooper until I see differently. So I'm going to miss the boat on that one. I like him as a player. Hopefully he has a great year. I'm not going to be along for the ride on that one. But now coming in at number 19, we have another player affected by free agency, and that is Browns wide receiver, Jarvis Landry. 150 targets, 81 receptions, 974 yards, and 5 touchdowns in 2018. A ton of targets, just not a ton of production for Landry this past season, and I'll cut him some slack. It was his first year on a new team. The Browns made changes at quarterback, head coach, and offense coordinator through the season, so I think it's safe to say that that will make an impact on your play. But I just don't think he's meant to be a dominant wide receiver one, and I don't think that's how the Browns view him either obviously signing Antonio Antonio (laughs) Odell Antonio (laughs) Odell obviously after signing Odell Beckham Jr. thank you Dan that's definitely not how the Browns view him and we saw that last year in the play calling after Freddie Kitchens took over that offense in week nine Legend didn't have a single game with double digit targets for the remainder of the season after hitting double digit targets in the first eight games so that's not how the coaching staff sees him they showed it in their free agency moves and it's going to be tough to project him for a top wide receiver option especially with Odell coming to
1: town now and he's going to be hogging a bunch of targets. Anyway, moving on to wide receiver 20, another Falcon, my boy, Calvin Ridley. He wasn't very consistent. The wide receiver 39 inconsistency, of course. 10 touchdowns on the season is amazing for a rookie, but half of those came in weeks three and four. So Ridley was definitely boom or bust. He also averaged 11 fewer points per game against top 16 defenses. But we know it's the Julio Jones show in Atlanta. Just from the eye test, however, I definitely thought Ridley flashed his talent. He found ways to get open and looked like he had the trust of Matt Ryan, which is huge for a rookie. I think it's a while before we see him as a reliable option for fantasy. But as I said, things get kind of gross at wide receiver outside of the top 15, especially outside the top 20. So I'll take a guy that can give me the upside of a 2-plus touchdown performance any day of the week. And he's just a smooth route runner, so he can really get it done, in my opinion. Again, in all situations, he's just one of those guys. So although being that he's not the first target on the offense, he might not offer you the same consistency as some of these top-tier guys might. But he has the talent level to match and will give you, you know, like, like you said, wide receiver 20 to wide receiver 30 on a consistent basis. He might not be a top 15 guy, but as long as Julio Jones is there, he'll be able to be serviceable, in my opinion.
0: And now coming in at number 21, we have Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay. And Galladay had to battle for targets with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones for half the season. But over the final seven games after Jones got injured and Tate got traded, Kenny G averaged an elite 10 targets per game. He had three 90 plus yard performances and topped 50 yards in all but one of those seven games as the wide receiver 15 during that stretch. He also had the ninth most air yards in the NFL in what was a down year for quarterback Matthew Stafford. So as a rookie, I think we saw a lot of promise from Kenny Galladay. He didn't really get the full opportunity until kind of the stars aligned with Jones getting injured, unfortunately, and Tate leaving town. But I think there's some pretty good days ahead for Kenny Galladay.
1: Oh, absolutely. He's a big, tall wide receiver who has speed to match. He is really the exact opposite of... The next guy, Julian Edelman, coming in at wide receiver 22. After being suspended for the first four games of the season, Edelman returned and was actually the wide receiver four in consistency. Now, that didn't translate into massive fantasy production, as he had zero weak winning type performances, but every one of his games played resulted in double-digit fantasy points. He's Mr. Reliable on the Patriots offense, and I know he's getting up there in age, but just like we said for Robert Woods earlier, I think Edelman is the perfect wide receiver 2 for your fantasy team cuz he gives you that safe baseline. Now, I do now I am a little bit higher on Robert Woods than my co-host Mike, but Edelman does offer you that same baseline and same kind of skill set where he's pretty much going to do it all in that offense except for he's not going to go too deep. While Robert Woods doesn't do that either really because of Brandon Cooks. So really you're talking about the safe baseline, very similar players in a top-tier offense offer you high, high potential.
0: Coming in as the wide receiver 23, we have Broncos wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders and not much to say about Sanders from 2018. He was the wide receiver 12 from weeks one through 12 before he ruptured his Achilles and was out for the remainder of the season. He's another guy like Juju Smith Schuster that benefited from his role playing in the slot and really not much to say about him. Apparently his rehab is going well. I hope the best for him, but he will be 32 years old this month. Now I know these episodes aren't meant to rank players for next year, but uh, that's going to be a really tough one to come back from Achilles tear at 32 years old. I hope the best for Emmanuel Sanders going forward.
1: And coming in at wide receiver 24, Mike Williams, our very last wide receiver to cover. He was 38th in consistency. 43 receptions for 664 yards and 10 touchdowns in 2018. I know you can make the same argument against him that we made against Tyler Lockett, but I just think that Williams is a freak athlete. He's going to be one of the more difficult guys to project for 2019. It'll be interesting to see if and how Hunter Henry cuts into his potential workload and then of course you're going to have a ton of targets going towards Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon as long as he can remain a reliable red zone threat that's where you'll get that consistent baseline but unfortunately that will also make him prone to inconsistent games where he doesn't score and doesn't secure those points for you that might be detrimental to your fantasy team and definitely making him one of the more risky players to draft in 2019.
0: And that is all that we have for you guys on episode 48 of the Football MD Podcast. We cannot thank you guys enough for tuning in. We hope that you've enjoyed this Under the Microscope series so far up to this point. We've covered quarterbacks, running backs, and now wide receivers. Coming up in the next few weeks, we will be getting two tight ends as well. Of course, next week we have so much free agency stuff to cover it was hard not to get into it on this episode so we're going to be packaging all of that in to one episode for you guys next week and make sure for all of the up-to-date fantasy and NFL news that you guys are going to need follow us at Football Pod on Instagram Twitter and Facebook I know that Instagram was a little bit crazy today or yesterday by the time that you guys are listening to this but we've posted about 50 plus times in the last 24 hours or so. So we've been breaking all of the news to you guys as it happens. Make sure you're there for it and make sure you continue to be there for it for the off season. and I can't wait to really get into some more analysis of all of these moves and bring you guys up some very in-depth looks at what these adjustments for each NFL team, the impacts that that's going to have around the NFL. It's it is just the best time of year for football other than of course until we get to the actual season and you know, we get to see it all play out on the field. That's the best part there.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, everybody likes to see their team acquire some shiny new toys. Some teams do that. Some teams don't. We'll get into not only the teams and the moves that were made, but really the significance of them. And, you know, like we said, just keep covering everything NFL, everything college, everything you guys want to know. Yeah, Remember, and, and I still we, have the, and
0: before we go, you have a mock draft
1: coming, baby. I still have the mock draft coming. It was coming out a little bit Earlier, but after free agency started, all hell broke loose. (laughs) I decided to wait and reserve it and take everything in and give you a nice mock draft that considers free agency before the NFL draft and makes it a little bit more up to the date.
0: yeah so like I said, make sure that you guys are following us at Football MD Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and heading over to FootballMDPodcast.com to get high-quality content like my co-host Dan's upcoming mock draft 2.0. But for under the microscope wide receivers that is all that we have for you guys thank you so much for tuning in until
1: next week thanks again guys